What's something that your mother or your father taught you when you were growing up? Something a bit maybe unique. Something that you wouldn't have taken the time to learn on your own if they perhaps hadn't shown you. And now you've taught that same thing to your own children. You've passed along that knowledge to them. My, da- my dad, he taught me one of those things when I was nine years old, and I've taught it now to several of my own kids, too. I'll share what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to have you here for this hour of The Inner Life this hour dedicated to spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So, of course, there are many things that my mom and dad taught me growing up, you know, not just one thing in particular, riding a bike, reading, roller skating, tying my shoes, (laughs) so many other things. But one lesson that really stands out to me was when my dad took me out in our backyard one day. It was late spring. The weather was nice out. It started, you know, it was the start to one of those ideal days where you can tell it's going to be nice and warm, but not overly hot. And in our backyard, the grass was green and fresh. The ground was soft from rain that had come earlier that week. And I don't know exactly what this what the day was. I didn't have school that day. So probably a Saturday might have been some sort of holiday or day off, you know, for teachers to do in-service work or whatever. But Whatever the day was, my dad decided that this was the day he was going to teach me how to stand on my head. My dad had done gymnastics in high school and college, so he was starting me out with something fairly basic here. If you've never stood on your head, it's not a difficult concept, and I'll try and explain it uh, so you can visualize it. Of course, you put your head on the floor or on the ground, right? You're going to be standing on your head. You place both of your hands in the same position the same kind of place you would to do a push-up, you know. So the only difference is your head is on the ground with your hands in that kind of place under your shoulder area. And so with your head and both hands on the floor, you're making this kind of tripod of support for yourself. And then when you're in this position, you know, your feet are still on the ground, you're a little uncomfortably bent over. Well, you walk your feet up into a little tighter position towards your body until your knees are as close as you can get them to your elbows. And at this point, you put your right knee on your right elbow and your left knee on your left elbow. And once they're supported on your elbows, you can lift your feet off the ground. It doesn't take much work. You know, if you get into this position, it's pretty easy. But now the only thing touching the ground is your head and your two hands. You've got that tripod of support at work. Now, it will take balance and control and some strength in your core to do what comes next. You have to uncurl your body. You have to straighten your torso and then finally extend your legs up above you. And there was a reason that my dad had me practice out in our yard where that ground was cool and soft because trying to find that perfect balance when I extended my legs up It didn't come on the first try or the second try. It took several tries. I kept on collapsing, rolling over. And I, I had to do it again and again before I finally figured out how to slowly hit that perfect balanced kind of spot where I could have my body stay completely straight while I was upside down. 
And now I've taught most of my children this, all except for the youngest couple of them. I've walked them through this same sort of lesson, showing them how to stand on their head. And the older I get, the more surprised the younger kids are to see that I actually can still get myself into that upside-down position, only supported by my head and my two hands. And also, the older I get, the more worried my wife is I'm going to eventually hurt myself as I show my kids how to do this. But those lessons that we learn from our parents, they stick with us, don't they? Standing on my head, that might be a fun trick. It doesn't serve much purpose for everyday life. Other things that my parents taught me, though, I use regularly. I mentioned reading. Another one, how to budget money, you know, just creating a budget. The basics of how to cook food. So many things like this. But my parents, they also introduced me to Christianity. Now, I didn't grow up in a Catholic home, but I did grow up in a Christian home. And from a very early age, they shared stories from the Bible with me. They taught me how to pray. They talked to me about the importance of tithing, of giving back to God. So what did your mom or your dad pass along to you? And what are you teaching your children? Beyond some of those basic life skills, how are you passing on the faith to your children? This is what we want to discuss here today on The Inner Life, how we can reach our kids, how we can teach them the faith. And uh, hopefully before it's <laughs> it's too late, before they're out the door, because those years go so quickly. And our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Matthew Witter, is back with us once again. Father Witter is a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. He is the pastor at St. John Newman's, St. William's, St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to be able to talk with you here today. Good to, good to be on as well, Josh. And I was going to ask that question, if you could still stand on your head, and you answered it, that you can. That's, that is impressive. That yeah, is very impressive. It might still take a try or two to find that perfect balance spot, because it's, you know, the older we get, the, <laughs> the, less, the less that those core muscles seem to want to work as, as well as they did in uh, younger years. But, well, so as we're talking about passing on the faith, Father, first of all, did you, did you grow up in a Catholic home? I did. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my dad became Catholic when he, when he married my mom, so both my parents were Catholic, and I grew up knowing the, exactly the Catholic faith as the, the faith that I grew up in. So what are some of the things that stand out to you that your parents kind of passed on to you uh, regarding the faith? You know, as you were telling that, that, that story with your dad, I was thinking, what's the first you know, statement of faith that I could remember? And I thought of a a summer, I must have been five or six years old, it would have been the summer of 1988, which in Wisconsin was a kind of a drought summer, and, and we're, we're dairy farmers. And I still remember being in a tractor with my dad chopping, you know, chopping hay on, on, on the field. And I remember just kind of, you know, vague memory, like we're chopping, uh, chopping the hay, and there's like nothing on the field. It's like there were just scraps of rows, like there was basically nothing there. And I'm not sure if, if my, you know, if I'd said something to my dad about that, or if we we're talking about that, but I remember what my dad said. He said, "We take what the Lord gives us," and I always remember that. Like we take what the Lord gives us because there was nothing on the field, and but yet there was something. There was something there, and and we take what the Lord gives us, and that was probably the first kind of verbal, you know, thing about the faith that I I can recall my my parents teaching. We take what the Lord gives us, and and that, yeah, that's that's within me to this uh, to this day, but. Yeah, I was blessed to grow up in a in a Catholic family, and I think the the, the, the general side, the 
what my parents taught me is there's a sense of love, there's a sense of sacrifice, and and there's also that that sense of the faith is is part of life. And I think of getting up extra early on Sunday morning so we could get all the farm chores, cows milked, and then race into Sunday mass. You know, right as Father was you know just about to head down the aisle or midway down the aisle, we'd arrive. But some of those those lessons, that that general sense, kind of really really resonate with me. Mm. How many how many kids in your family? There's three of us, so I'm the oldest of three. I have a younger younger brother and a younger sister. Out of curiosity, I, I know that, you know, just because one person stays with the faith, not everyone in that family does. You know, that's been the case in my own family. My brother and sister are not practicing any sort of religious life, any faith in their, in their daily lives. Have you, has what happened in your life, kind of instilling that faith with you, has that continued on with your two siblings? Yeah, my, my, my siblings are both Catholic and, and trying to practice the faith in, in the ups and downs of life. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the faith is, faith has been a blessing. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, what yeah, is, what is perfect? You know exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not perfect, but we're 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 on the journey. Uh, that's beautiful. Well, so Father, uh, maybe we can talk also about beyond just personal anecdotal experience. Um, some of the things that are really key when it comes to a family who wants to practice the faith as a family, and. That really starts then with the mother and the father, and of course with everything else that we you know deal with here in our lives, we turn and look back to the sacraments. There's uh, the sacrament of marriage, of course, between the husband and wife. There's also the sacrament of baptism. Um, these are a couple of key things when it comes to starting that family unit. That's very true, and. and when we think about the family unit and teaching the faith, that's a great insight that the sacraments in our faith, everything is kind of tied together. And so when a couple, if, if they're married in the Catholic Church, you know, the, the, the question that the priest or deacon will ask is, are you prepared to accept children lovingly from God and to bring them up according to the law of Christ in this church? And there's that implication of, of, of teaching and, and bringing them up according to the law of Christ in his church. And Sometimes, you know, parents might even forget that that question was asked because in the moment it's like, ah, you know, just the moment, you know, it's, there's so many thoughts, but, you know, the responses I have. And then at baptism, when a, when a child is, is coming forward to, for, you know, presented for the sacrament of baptism, you know, the priest or deacon will ask, you know, you've asked your child to be baptized. You're accepting the responsibility of, of training them in the practice of the faith. And then it goes on a little bit more, but but it's that sense of you know even as we kind of take on this this duty of of raising raising children, you know God's God's grace is even preceding us. God's grace is even preceding us to to give us the grace to be able to to be able to do so. Mm. So, as parents want to be able to raise their kids, I've also had conversations where people they. And this can be Catholic or non-Catholic. It can be Christian, where they will, they'll say, you know, we've we've got our child and or our children, and we don't want to necessarily impose any of our own beliefs on them. You know, a belief system that 
they might not accept as they get older. Uh, we, we want to allow our child to be free to decide for themselves what they want to believe, how they want to worship as they grow older, as they learn more, which, number one, if you are Catholic— if you've been married in the church and if you baptized your child in the church, that goes in the face of what you just mentioned, Father, those, those uh, vows that you took. But then there's also the fact that this just—it it, it raises other problems. You wouldn't do this in other areas of raising a child. How would you respond to a parent that says something along these lines? I would, I would say you know, the truth in that statement is each person— at one point or another, has to decide on Christ for themselves. You know, so that's, that's a true point. No one can be forced to believe. Each person, each and every one of us, has to come to that, that moment of, of interior conversion and to give our life to, to Christ and the Church, each person. And that's an ongoing process of, of conversion. So there, there's a truth that eventually that child does have to decide for themselves. That's, that's, a, that's a true point. The challenge is, is if they're going to decide for themselves, you want to let them know what they're deciding. And if, if a child is not exposed to the faith, um, well, they, they don't have any grounds to base their choice on. And that's, that's the, major, the major issue there is, yes, each person, we do have to decide for ourselves. And we could talk about the sacrament of confirmation and, and confirming our, our baptism. But if, if, if the parents don't give the, the child a an upbringing in the faith so they know what they're, at least have a sense of what they're deciding. Ooh, because to, to your point, exactly, if, in other ways, if we just say, oh, what, you know, whatever they decide, well, that's, that's, not, that's not how it works. Yeah. Not how it works. Well, or we would say that's bad parenting. Bad know? parenting, it, good point. Yeah, yeah exactly. so don't, don't allow for, uh, if, you wouldn't, if you wouldn't accept bad or lousy parenting in other areas, you know, where it comes to the way you want to raise your children. Uh, you shouldn't allow that to then bleed over or cross over into the way that you pass on the faith to your children. I want to open up the phone lines here, too. If you're listening and you have maybe kids that are out of the house now, but you had some success in being able to pass on the faith to your children. We'd love to hear what are some of those things that you found to be the best ways to teach, to show your children, to be able to share your love of Christ with your kids, to introduce them to Christ, and maybe how your parents even shared the faith with you when you were growing up. Maybe you're a young parent right now, and you're looking for some advice, some insight, and you'd like to speak with Father Matthew Witter. You can call us at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com. So, Father... Um, we can get into some specifics here and also different, you know, family structure even, because no family, as you said, even with your, your own, you know, we weren't perfect. Yeah. What, what family is perfect? Is there a true ideal family? You know, I mean, we could look at the Holy Family, I think, as, as a perfect ideal, but, uh, you know, there's always going to be circumstances and situations that are unique for each of us. But before maybe we talk about some of those different instances— what do you think are the most important things that a parent can teach their child about the faith, maybe in those early years, those really formative years? The sense of love, unconditional love, unconditional love, because many times, for better or for worse, the way our, our parents treat us 
many times we project that onto, onto God. And so I think especially for kids, they might not realize it in the moment, but we talk about you know, the unconditional love of God and, and God's love and God's mercy. You know, the, the child is going to be, okay, where do I see kind of signs of that in my life? And if, if our you know, mom or dad, caregiver, you know, doesn't kind of show us that, that un, unconditional love, it's like, oh, many times, or if it's love as long as I do this or that, all of a sudden, sometimes even unconsciously, those are the, the same attributes that we project onto God. And so that, that sense of just teaching kids how to, how to love and also how to, to experience forgiveness and mercy are so important because we're going to get it wrong at times. And, and those are just some powerful lessons that, that can be embedded, like love and mercy and forgiveness are so important, like rooted in, in family life. And then, of course, you know, those kind of overall key categories there. But then that, that sense of yep, exposing the, the kids, of course, to the liturgical life of the church and, and each family, as we've heard in, in the magisterial documents, that sense of the, the family is the domestic church. And so each family is kind of called to have its own liturgical life and, and life of prayer, uh, always rooted in, in love and, and that sense of, of, of mercy. You mentioned the family is the domestic church. The Catechism also talks about parents being the primary educators of their children. And maybe you can talk about that for a moment. You know, not not that there's any problem or anything wrong. It's actually really good that we would have our children in religious education classes that are offered through our parish or other other, you know, avenues where they can receive that religious education. But as parents, we shouldn't be just saying that's all they need. The, the core of what we're teaching should come from the mother and the father. It should be supplemented by the parish or other outside uh, groups or resources. Exactly. It goes to that, that point that the faith is more caught than taught. And so we might send our kids to a Catholic school, the faith formation, but if, if we come home and there's nothing there, it's kind of, it's very confusing because the kids are taught something, but then at home, there's no, there's no practice of it. And so anything, you know, the, the, the parish, our local parish is meant to, to really um, build on the foundation of the family and help strengthen the foundation of the family because that's where the, the faith is really um, taught, but also really ca- kind of caught as we see, the, you know, our family life and the ups and downs and the the structure of how you know, mom and dad structure the day. And, and those are the things where just intuitively, like I remember going back to, you know, when I grew up and I shared before getting up extra early on Sunday to get, uh, to get the cows milked and you know, take a quick shower and get into mass, you know, just that lesson of like, we're going to get to mass, even though we have to work a little bit harder. That's something where my parents didn't necessarily give a catechetical lesson, catechetical lesson on, on Sunday mass, but I knew based on how they acted, that's very important, and then you know, that that kind of stuck in my heart. Yeah, lead by example. Lead by example. It, it's that's, so that's important. important. Yeah, I I had a conversation with a colleague of mine here, and she had talked about growing up. She went to Catholic schools, both elementary and then going into middle school and high school, and. She said, you know, the some of the people who don't practice the faith, a lot of that would have to do with the home life. It could be that, you know, their parents were divorced, but 
they they just didn't have that example that was lived out at the home. So they'd see they'd hear one thing at school, but then see something completely different lived out by one or both parents. Um, the other extreme was parents that were maybe like just too overbearing, too uh, uh, you know they they made things so restrictive in regards to the faith that it it, it kind of robbed their children of the joy and the enjoyment of living the faith. And maybe we can even talk about that when we come back, how we find that right balance with our children, you know, to where we we make sure that they understand the importance. And again, first of all, that lead by example, uh, you know, that you're talking about, but also how we don't come off so strong that we maybe run the risk of doing more harm than good. Talking with Father Matthew Witter today here on The Inner Life about how we raise our kids in the faith, how we pass on the faith, teach the faith to our children. How have you done that in your own home? How did your parents do that with you? We'd love to hear how that has occurred in your family. Maybe you are a young parent right now and you're looking for some advice, some insight, ways that you can be effective in passing on the faith to your children. You're welcome to call and speak with Father Matthew Witter. The phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Back with more from Father Matthew Witter and your phone calls in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father Matthew Witter. He is the pastor at St. John Newman's, St. William's, St. Joseph's, and St. Mary's parishes in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Today, talking about how we can pass on the faith to our kids. How did your parents do that for you? How are you doing that for your own children? Maybe your children are grown and out of the house. What are some things that you saw that worked very well to be able to really foster that, uh, that relationship that your children then went on to have on their own, in their own adult lives. Maybe you're that young parent looking for how you can accomplish that in your life. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a stressful thing as a parent, wanting to make sure you do everything right and worried that you're going to mess it up. You only get one shot with each child that's growing up in your home, right? Well, you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Matthew Witter. Our phone number, 888-914-9149, Father, let's go to Diane, who's calling in from East Vale, California. Diane, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. Thank hey, Diane. You. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. So, yeah, with we are, I have, um, my husband and I have eight kids, and um, our youngest is now 15. Um, our oldest is 29, just turned 29. Um, and they're all very strong in their faith. In fact, a lot of them are working in, in um, areas related to the faith. Uh, now and they've the big thing that I think that I attribute that to is a daily rosary as a family um, 
also just the, the home life. We, in addition to sending our kids to religious education classes to prepare them for their sacraments, we've um, always done religious education in the home as well and discussed the faith with them and um, listened to podcasts or, or watched uh, videos. Or, um, in fact, when, when they were little, we just we really monitored what they watched on TV and we immersed them in things like, you know, videos and DVDs that were related to the faith. Um, we also were very active in, in our parish life. So we, we actually found a ministry called Familia, uh, which stands for Family Life in America, put out by the Regnum Christi organization. And um, that was an excellent four-year study for my husband and I, but it also had family, regular family gatherings. So my kids grew up with other faithful Catholic families and kids um, who were strong in the faith. And we would gather together monthly and pray together um, and do things together. And, and the highlight of my kids' summer when they were growing up was the Catholic Family Conference, uh, which we were blessed to have out here. Uh, we went to that every year for 15 to 20 years. Um, so all those things together, just discussing, just being intentional about discussing things with your children and spending time with them. You know, being intentional, that, that's a great word, because sometimes we just say to kids, okay, this is what we're doing, and, and, and that, but when being intentional and kind of sharing the why and, and the deeper meaning of it, it sounds like that's what you and your husband have really sought to do with, you know, as, as right. parents. Can right. I ask, when, when, you, when you got married, was this something that was you know, on your heart right away? Is it something that you kind of had to, to grow into, or was it something where you and your husband were, were united on, on you know, really having a, you know, a great kind of domestic church or you know, just that, that we were um, We were both intent on that. We both planned on that when we got engaged. Actually, the year we got engaged was the first year of the Catholic Family Conference. It was very tiny at that time, but we went there. I remember my mother-in-law uh, told us about it and we went there and, um, and ever since then, we just, it, we made it a point to go. And as we started having kids, of course, we didn't, my husband and I have really grown stronger in our faith over the course of our marriage. We were not as strong back then as we were now, yep. as we are now, but, um, but we've grown with it. We've grown through our familia study and through the Catholic family conference and, other studies and groups and men's fellowship, mother's fellowship that we've done. And we also taught natural family planning for several years. So all of those things helped us to learn our faith more and go deeper in our faith. And then we shared that with our kids and, you know, just being more, more intentional about what we did and how we did it. And um, I think the big thing too, is I, we sent our kids to public school for part of the time. And then we started homeschooling, after a while, um, but even while they were going to public school, just to be aware of what the schools are teaching and what the kids are hearing and discussing with them. You know, so what did you learn at school today? And and then correcting the stuff that they're hearing that's not in line with our faith um, because there's just so much in the schools today that just um, can really corrupt them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Diane, I'm really glad you called in to share. And Father, you know, one of the things that Diane is talking about, you know, your question of were you and your husband intentional 
right from the beginning and even listening to Diane saying, you know, well, we've grown in our faith over the years as a couple, you know, helping their family, you know, teaching somebody else about the faith that there will, (laughs) there's nothing that will make you, uh, have to learn the faith more yourself than if you are in the role, if you understand, I have to teach this, but you know, as Diane is sharing about her and her husband, that is the ideal that a husband and wife really come in on the same page together, but we don't all live with the ideal. So maybe we can talk for a moment here too about when there's a couple that's married and, you know, if I'm listening and I'm in this situation where my wife isn't on the same page with me or my husband isn't on the same page, I'm I'm the one who's really engaged in my faith. My spouse just isn't at that same same point in their spiritual journey. Any advice for a mom or dad who feels kind of alone? They're on their own trying to teach the faith, pass that on to their kids, how they might be able to encourage maybe even their spouse to get more involved? That's that, that's that's a great insight, and that's probably something that resonates with a number of people that are that are listening right now. I think that the first it's it's such a challenging point because oftentimes it happens where one of one of the other you know, one or the other is, is further along in their faith and, and maybe one is is kind of slacking and, and the first kind of principle to, to kind of remember is that sometimes we we want we want them to get up to speed in the faith and we want them to to be practicing the faith and to kind of you know be, be more be more on board but the first principle to remember in that is that kind of like uh, yelling at them or getting upset with them about that usually doesn't draw them to the faith. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's the, that's the real trap is that sometimes you want it so bad that sometimes that can come out as frustration, which usually does not actually help them, you know, want to, to take the next step of the faith because someone that's, you know, maybe very uh, proud about the faith and is, is in the faith is, is not, you know, giving maybe a good example. And, and I would just, you know, first thing I would just say in that is just be, be, be very, 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 very patient because sometimes that, um, that desire for them to, to be on that same page can kind of come out a little bit sideways in, in anger or frustration, and that usually doesn't help kind of, kind of inspire. So that's, that's the, oh, that's, that could be a, a major trap in them in that situation. So you know, the, the big thing is to pray for them and to, like, to allow the example of your life to inspire. You know, and there's, there's nothing maybe fancy about that, but that's the, the, the first thing is to pray for their conversion, to pray for our own con- deeper conversion as well. But then, you know, like our, our life of faith really has to be one of joy that really, you know, intrigues that person who's probably the closest person to us that knows us the best, uh, that, that would inspire them to, to open their, their heart. So it's, but sometimes oof, that could be tough because it can, we want it so bad for them that, oh, and, and, and on a bad day that could come out in the wrong way and then that can drive them further. So yeah. that sense of prayer, patience, and, and yep, to live your faith with joy. Prayer and patience and, and live your faith with joy, yeah. No, that's uh, that's actually just good advice all around uh, for almost any situation we face. Again, talking with Father Matthew Witter here today on The Inner Life, how do we pass on the faith to our children? How do we teach the faith to our children? How have you done that in your own family? How, how did your parents do that with you? Uh, maybe you're in the midst of that right now, and 
Some days it seems to go well. Other days, maybe not so great. And you'd like some advice, some insight from Father Witter, you can call in and speak with him. 888-914-9149 is the number to call into the studio here. 888-914-9149. Father Nora is calling in, listening in Long Beach, California. Hi, Nora. Glad to have you on The Inner Life. What's your question for Father? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, so I, my question, my question is, um, I'm married to a not, a not, I'm Catholic. I've returned to the faith. Um, my husband is not, and is not interested in going to a uh, Catholic church with me or to mass. We married in the Methodist church. We've taken, raised our kids up in, um, Protestant style tradition. So they're acquainted with the language and the, and believe in God. But I would like to, um, have some insight on how to, bring them to the faith. They're 15 and 17, and they're practically out the door. And um, it's a little, we go to a church every Sunday, but it's not Catholic church, and it's bothering me more and more and more every Sunday. I go to Mass Saturday alone, and I'm wondering what you would advise for me. Praise God. To the Catholic faith. Could I I ask, just before that, how did you, uh, what what was your, your story of returning to the faith? Or how long ago did that happen, and what what did that look like? It's been in the past year, or so I've I've I would typically like periodically I would still go to confession. I would go to mass in the church that I grew up in, um, and but in the last two years, I've um, my friend, my Catholic friends have prayed to me. They introduced me to Relevant Radio. Honestly, I listen to Patrick Madrid um, in the mornings when I take my 15-year-old to school, and she asks questions. Um, Beautiful. But uh, it's just a longing in my heart. You know, it really has, I believe, a lot to do with the the faithfulness of friends and those prayers. And just what my parents did for me, which was take me to church every Sunday, no matter what, you know, and that that longing was was still there. So So just to, to, to... To confirm something beautiful that you're doing, to affirm something beautiful you're doing, like when you mentioned you've got the Patrick Majid show on when you're taking your your daughter into school and she's asking questions. That's beautiful because you're you've got a, an opportunity right there to dialogue. You know, for her to ask questions, for you to share. That's beautiful. Like that's a a great because what we're what we're looking for are those you know those those conversation starters and, and like exactly that that windshield time taking your daughter in, into school, you've got the relevant radio on in the background. That provides a great kind of great backdrop to have a conversation about the faith. And I think that's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, beautiful starting point. That's a beautiful, beautiful starting point to open that door, you know, to talk about the faith. I would say don't be afraid to share even what's going on in your own heart about, you know, kind of coming back to the faith and what you, what you, what you experience in the Catholic faith that's helped you. All those things are, are really beautiful. Sometimes uh, our parents do things like, why did they do that? Or, <laughs> but to share the why, you know, to look for those opportunities to share, you know, this, this, is, this is what is kind of reattracting me to the Catholic faith that, that we're missing out on now. Some of those things can be really good conversation starters. Yeah. Nora, you know, that, that's such a tricky situation where your kids have been raised in a different church and you know by the time they're at the ages they are now there's so much that's already happened in that formation but um boy you know i think anybody who really is honest and looking for the truth 
there's always going to be those opportunities that come up, those, those um, windows that will allow you to maybe say something. And all it, all it has to be is maybe just kind of a thought starter for your child. Um, one thing I guess I would encourage too, I had um, on my journey into the church, I had people who were never disparaging about anything that was happening outside of the Catholic Church with the Protestant background I had. Um, it was always just, there's so much more richness. There's so much more that you can experience. And I realized what I was missing out on by not being in the Catholic Church, not being part of the fullness of the faith, as we call it, you know, it, being Catholic. So the fact that, yeah, there are a lot of good things that are happening in that Methodist Church, but there's even more. <laughs> there, there's even more that you can experience, and you can have a deeper relationship with God. You're missing out on receiving Jesus himself actually there in the Eucharist. You're missing out on this relationship you can have with Jesus's mother and all of his friends, the saints. So there, there's so much more that you can encourage there. Uh, Father, we need to take a short break, but a lot of other people calling in to speak with you. We're going to try and get as many phone calls on as we can here. Still have a couple open phone lines. If you'd like to call in and speak with Father Matthew Witter, our number 888-914-9149. As today, we're talking about how we can teach our kids the faith, how we can pass on the faith to them. And again, the phone number for you to join the program, 888-914-9149. And we'll be back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. And today, talking with Father Matthew Witter, how do we teach our kids the faith? How do we pass the faith on to our kids? Also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. Again, that phone number, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, you know, we were just talking with Nora before the break there, and I, I think there's a lot of times that parents, especially as we get older, and we feel like, well, we tried to do right by our kids, but in spite of me, you know, trying to do this or that or, you know, whatever, whatever the approach was that we had in our family, it feels like I failed because I've got one or two or all of my kids that have all wandered away from the faith. And that can really bring on some guilt, some questioning, you know, what did I do wrong there? Uh, what would you say to a parent in that situation? Yeah, I think that's a great kind of point, Josh, because I think many times it can happen where we get a little bit older and all of a sudden we have that a conversion experience or, and our faith deepens and we realize like, oh, I, I wish I knew then what I know now and oh, I, I could have done a better job raising my kids in the faith. So there can be you know, a lot of guilt in there. I think the, the hopeful thing is you know, praise God that your, your faith has grown. <laughs> you know, praise God that your faith has grown, that it's not you know, what it once was. I think the other thing is, and, and in a previous call, Diane kind of mentioned it about that Catholic family conference. She said, oh, my mother-in-law suggested that we go to this conference. And there, there's something about, you know, that grandparents that you know, we, can't be, we can't be overbearing, but there's still a way of, uh, you know, we can't have the, the past back. But even as a grandparent, and even as, even as we get, get older, 
you know, we can still share the faith in conversation and we can't, you know, replay, you know, childhood, but we can, you know, our own personal conversion, you know, that will attract, uh, that can attract others. Any true personal conversion will attract the interest of others. And so don't get discouraged. <laughs> Keep growing it in your faith. And when the Lord gives opportunities, you know, conversations, that, uh, opportunities to talk or to share faith, go for it. Don't force it, but look for those opportunities and go for it. Yeah. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got uh, another Diane that's calling in, listening in Minnesota. Hi, Diane. Glad to have you here on The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Matthew Witter. Oh, hi there. I really liked what the other um, two callers, uh, the earlier two callers had said. And my question for you is, um, is two part. One is my family. I'm trying to get to pray the rosary daily. I've got two teenagers. Um, and my husband um, is not, he's not Catholic, um, and he doesn't always pray with us, and, and he doesn't know the rosary, pray, pray the rosary, but, um, and I, you know, for a number of years, we did pray as a family to, together, like daily before meals, and I sent them to Catholic schools, and my husband is supportive of me um, raising them Catholic, um, but um, I am, uh, I'm worried that I'm, I'm trying to show them now the rosary. We were just doing like a decade a day for a couple of years in the evening. And I just decided last week that we're going to try to do a full rosary a day. And I got encouragement from my parish youth uh, minister. But my kids are, you know, it's kind of, it feels like a lead balloon. And I'm worried because I'm, you know, I, we go to mass on Sundays. We, I mean, at times they feel like mom is just, you know, why are you making us do this? And they really are just bored and acting out. And, you know, we, I just not acting, but I mean, they're just, they're bored. And I feel like I don't know how to get them to love the rosary. I don't know if it's, it's probably not even required is what I've heard from other people, but I feel like I, I love the rosary and I'm kind of a revert myself. So I feel like I don't even know how to do this sometimes, but I feel like I would like to continue to pray the rosary and hopefully, you know, they, they, I don't know. I, should I, they feel like they're being forced to yeah. pray a monotonous. Diane, uh, real quick, also just for father to have a little more context, what's the age range of your kids? Um, 12 and 17. Okay, so you've got kind of middle school and uh, late high school ages there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a tricky situation, Father, where the kids aren't engaged. How, how do you how do you encourage your kids with again maybe not being heavy-handed to where you do more damage and drive them away from the faith rather than getting them to be more interested in the faith? Yeah, from a from a personal standpoint, when I was in high school, I don't think there was many times I. I prayed a full rosary. Um, many people do. Many people do. But I always did pray at least a decade of the rosary. So I, w- I would just say a decade of the rosary will work. It, it will work. It will work. And uh, it's beautiful, Diane, that you have a great love of the rosary because that's, that's my go-to prayer now. Oh, you, you can't, can't go without the rosary. So I'm, I'm right with you. But what I, what I might encourage is, is, you know, the decade of day is, is wonderful. And even try to make it, and maybe you do already, a little bit more personal to them, like what, what intentions are we going to pray during this decade, you know, what was going on in the scripture. And then you might even say, you know, we're doing a decade together, you know, try to do a decade on your own, you know, to try to kind of set that tone, that, 
um, you know, we're praying together, but you can also pray on your own. So I, I might even suggest you know, that decade together is, is, is good, is good. Um, but hey, why don't you pray a, a second decade on your own at, at some point throughout the day? You know, another thing that I remember hearing a different priest recommend was, especially if you say, you know, Diane, your husband is very supportive of, you know, your your kind of leadership in this area. If he's willing to pray with you, I remember hearing a priest say, you know, husband and wife, just just pray the rosary together. Let your kids know that you're going to be praying, but don't necessarily make it that it's mandatory. Just say, we're going to pray a rosary right now. Um, and if it's at a fixed time every day, if you and your husband do that, the kids might not come every single time that you pray, but they will, especially if there's not the kind of mandated, you have to be here and pray, they will kind of come on their own. I, I love the idea of what you're talking about there, Father. You know, what are the intentions you want to pray for? Diane, maybe you're already doing that. Another thing that we do in our family to try and engage the kids, of course, is uh, instead of us just simply saying, what is, you know, what's the next mystery here of this rosary? All right, who knows what this next mystery is? You know, ask them, you know, make it a little bit of a trivia game while we're praying. Uh, sometimes it'll be that we'll have a, one of the other kids lead a decade or lead a couple decades. So there's other ways there too. Again, you might be trying all those different things, but just some possible sub- suggestions for you there. Uh, you know, another question that comes to my mind in listening to Diane there saying that, you know, she's kind of the one leading that charge in her family, Father. Are there any specific things that you think are more important that the Father should be leading the charge in teaching the faith to? the children in the home, things that are maybe more specific that the father should be kind of delegate, it's, it's his responsibility, and things that the mother then, uh, it's more kind of falls to her, or nope, it's just almost everything should be kind of that united front of mother and father working together. Ideally, yep, there's, there's a partnership in it, but the, the father does have an important spiritual role within the family. The father does have a kind of a priestly voice in, in the family, and so ideally, the father is the one that's that's initiating that uh, that prayer. Now, that that's not always possible for any any number of reasons, but you know sometimes in, in this there's been a, a lot of research into different things that when when a father is living the faith, just showing up, just showing up has a huge uh, huge uh, weightiness in 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 kids kind of carrying on and, and practicing the faith. But, you know, for, for the men out there, you know, this is, this is a role when it's, when it's time to pray. You know, ideally the father is the one that's, that's gathering, you know, gathering the family together for prayer and not to, to shrink on that, that responsibility. There are certain situations where, where that's not possible, of course, but uh, you know, the father does have a, a very important role in that, in that area. Again, talking with Father Matthew Witter today here on The Inner Life and talking about how we raise our kids in the faith, how we pass the faith on to our kids. Father, down to a couple minutes left here, but let's try and get one more phone call on. Sarah calling in from Youngstown, Ohio. Sarah, glad to have you on The Inner Life. Thank you so much. I just wanted to uh, say thank you for this conversation because my family uh, raised me Catholic. Our, 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 me and my brother were kind of raised differently, and I feel as though it made such a huge deal for me with my marriage and raising my own children. 
uh, in the faith. So I just think it's so important, like you're saying, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. Sarah, so it sounds like you, your, your, your brother maybe didn't have as much of a Catholic upbringing as, as you or, or vice versa? Right, right. Um, I went to Catholic school. I was always exposed. I had great priests in my life that married me and carried that on for me, and I've made great connections in my current church for my children. And um, just like you were just saying about the Father being so important in this process, my husband has really stepped up this year. Uh, We've gone to confession together with our family, and he really has made a connection with the Monsignor at our church. So I think that that, that part you were just saying was so important about the Father really taking that on. And when you see when you see Dad, you know, go to confession, you know that that's really a, a powerful statement because, you know, many times we look at Dad as that the strongest person we know. You know, our kids look at Dad and you know, no, no one's stronger, you know, than than Dad. And when you see him, kind of going to confession, and, and that that's a powerful, powerful witness. Yeah, it abs- yeah, Sarah, thanks for calling in. And uh, again, we're just getting so short on time here. I don't think we're going to be able to take any other calls on the air. Um, you know, Father, if somebody is listening right now and they just say, ah, you know, my kids are kind of at that older age, I don't feel like there's any hope. Any words of encouragement for somebody who has, you know, kids in high school and college where it seems like they're walking away from the faith and you've been trying to do your best, um, you know, that don't give up. God still loves your kids. He still wants them back in the church. Yep. And I think for, for people in that situation, first of all, in our own heart, you know, God willing, we've experienced a sense of conversion. Like we've experienced moments where the Lord has sought us out. And so recognize that the Lord is going to be pursuing your children to come to him even more than you are. You know, so don't, you can't force it. Recognize that the Lord is working with you on this. Uh, you know, so that sense of praying for your kids and being that, that witness. But then also looking, you know, especially as kids get older, they want to know the why. Just not do this. They want to know the why. Don't be afraid to really reflect on, you know, as parents, where are the moments where I've encountered the presence of God? Kids want to have, you know, proof of the faith and show me and this, you know, show the Lord from your own life. And, and if it's possible, you know, share some, even some vulnerable moments where, you know, where the Lord was with you and the Lord helped you because those personal witness, you know, coming from dad and mom, yeah, it, it can be it so makes powerful. such a difference. It absolutely does. Father, always good to talk with you. We've got about 15 seconds left here. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Yep. So, Lord, we just thank you for the gift of this time. We thank you for our families. We're out the power of your blessing upon us, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father Matthew Witter, for being with us here on the program today. Of course, the podcast, it'll be posted here shortly at our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. You can find it either place. When you're there, click on that banner, The Fast for Life. Learn about how you can offer your fasting, your prayers for the protection of life in our country. Talk with you tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. Mass is next.